Yo, what's going on everybody? It is 3 p.m. here in Chicago, Illinois. That means it's time for another live stream. Today is Wednesday, March 17th, 2021. It is St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day in Chicago is typically a very big deal. Uh, we It's such a big deal, we basically celebrate it three times. The, the weekend before St. Patrick's Day is usually like the big city parade. Then there's St. Patrick's Day, which usually falls in the middle of the week. And then there's the Southside Parade, which is another parade that happens in an even more Irish neighborhood in Chicago. So we usually get three celebrations of it. This would be like number two. But this year, uh, I guess kind of we're ha not really having any of those celebrations. But we're kind of having them in this weird kind of like uh, reward the people that are rule breakers kind of way. So that's what's going on here. But in our house, we're having a St. Patrick's Day celebration. Yesterday, the girls made sugar cookies with uh cutouts in the shape of clovers uh with green frosting and then made cupcakes and then they decorated the house and it's really nice and very saint patrick's day -y. so that's what's going on here hopefully you guys are doing well uh, everyone listening on the podcast version hopefully they're having a good run today and everyone that's watching this on youtube after the fact but not live hopefully you're doing well out there too uh philip Bourne says he's the first one here it says yo what's going on the 9 p.m live streams make it so much easier to join i'm thinking maybe it's only going to be a couple more weeks where i was like that for you though philip because i think that uh with the uh we're we've changed we've sprung ahead for the daylight savings so we're now we're a little bit earlier but i think in a couple of weeks i don't know it's not consistent when or where people change clocks ahead so Maybe it'll always be 9 p.m. Well, it won't always be 9 p.m. for you. Eventually, it will we'll, we'll spring back or fall back in the fall, in the autumn. But uh, I'm glad it's working out better for you. Mark Salzman says, hello, spring came and went. Had snow flurries yesterday. What is happening? Yeah, I mean, I think everyone that is, uh, you know, used to Chicago weather is definitely well accustomed to this kind of thing. There's always kind of like the, the early unseasonable spring. And then there's like another cold snap. It's not as cold as winter, but it's definitely cold. And we get, um, we definitely get uh, some snow again. And usually that happens in April. So maybe we'll get yet another kind of like, like stutter start to spring. But I, I anticipate that we'll probably have one more day of like flurries or snow. Nothing that accumulates, but I think it's going to happen. But that's pretty normal. Chicago... I don't know where you are. Oh, yeah, Mark, you're over on the East Coast, though. But, um, yeah, growing up on the East Coast, the seasons were a little bit more consistent. It was, like, gradually spring to summer, and then it would curl back down, gradually to fall, and then to winter. Here, um, you know, they, like, the other forecasters, for some reason, they'll say, like, you know, today's high is going to be, like, 40 degrees. The average high for the month of March is typically 43. But, like, it's very rarely like the day's temperature high is very rarely like the monthly average because you spend like the first half of a month like 10 degrees above or below the norm and then the other way on the other half of the month and it's just all over the place so that's what we're experiencing here in chicago last week the weather was just absolutely delightful this week sorry that's my phone this week, the uh, weather has been dreary and very windy, 
and very kind of transitional, kind of more of what I think of when I think about spring, at least in the Midwest and here in Chicago. So that's what we got going on today. Another windy day for me. Um, but I got in my last kind of like workout before the race this weekend, feeling good about it. Um, but it was an easy, it, it was an easier one, only three by six minutes at threshold. So that was, wasn't too hard. Um, and ultimately felt, felt really good, felt really good. But like the weather is just very strange. Um, and that's just kind of how it's going to be for a little bit longer. And then I'll, I'll keep complaining about it, about how the weather's kind of like, oh, this is all dragging on for so long. And then the next thing I know, it's going to be summer. And I'm like, oh, it's so hot. So, so that's kind of how things go around here. Um, all right. Mark says, how come I always get the reminder like four minutes later after I start? It tells me, how, oh, I don't know. But today I set up like the thumbnail for it real late. So maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe it's on... It maybe just feels like it's always, but maybe it's all the days where I make the thumbnail very late, which is, it's been becoming more frequent. So I'm trying to work on that. I try to get the thumbnail done and uploaded and like the, like the, the reminder thing set like at an hour ahead of time to give people a chance to kind of like remember that's going on. All right. And it says, hi, Kofuzin, everybody. Good conditions for a four mile run with Pip after work around town. Yeah, I saw the pictures on Instagram. Looks good. Looks like you guys had really nice weather out there. Uh, Albert's here. Roberto Davila's here. Ooh, ooh. Dr. Josh says 15:05 for the time trial this morning, fam. Awesome work. Uh, I don't. Where does that fit for you, Josh, in terms of a PB? I'm not. I'm. I'm thinking that is that a PB for you? I don't know. I'm busting out the bell for that because that is ridiculously fast. 15:05. Congratulations, Josh. Oh, why is that so quiet? Let's try it again. Was it loud enough, or did I not just hear it? There we go. Something's going on. Sorry about that. That was a, a weak bell on my part. It's not a reflection of your performance. I bought some new cables the other day. And, um, yeah, I'm not loving them. They're not working out all that well. I've been having some issues, so sorry about that. But great work on that time trial. Man, that's fast. Um, all right. Will, where did I see that from Will? I want to talk about that. Oh man, I'm really far back. Sorry about that, guys. Ah, Will Willing says, "Here we go." Says, "Sitting here on the train, watching it snow." Ooh, where are you, Will? Where it's snowing where you are? We do not have snow today here in Chicago. That's nice, but it's super foggy. It's strange. And tomorrow, I think it's supposed to, or starting like this afternoon, we might get like a slurry, like a like a wet rain, like a not wet rain, wet snow maybe. Um, nothing that I don't think it's supposed to accumulate, but we're supposed to get some weather, uh, which is a way of using that word that I, I've only heard in the Midwest. I've never heard anyone on the East Coast really say that, but, um, we're going to get weather this afternoon and into tomorrow. It's supposed to rain pretty hard tomorrow and there's going to be lots of wind. So I think it's not, I'm not supposed to take a rest day yet on my schedule, but I might shift like my first of two rest days this week to tomorrow because I'm going to try to avoid that. But all right. Mark Saltzman wants to know, are the rivers green? Uh, I don't know. I haven't been down there yet. Or I haven't been down there. I wasn't planning on going down there. Usually, like, they don't dye all the rivers in Chicago. They just dye the one right by kind of like that one area. They do it, like, near the mouth of the um, Chicago River in Lake Michigan. Um, but the river flows away from the lake, so the green doesn't go towards the lake. But um, they do that there. 
And uh, it lasts for, they do it for, like the, the length of the river is maybe about a quarter mile long that it gets green like that. And it stays for a couple of days. So it, people were surprised yesterday. I saw some pictures. People were saying that they were surprised it was still green. Um, but yeah, it usually lasts a couple of days. All right. Uh, Jody says, good day, everyone. What's going on, Jody? PG says, hi, Kofuzi. How's it going? What's going on, Pete? Good to see you. Uh, Lee Joyce Chung is here as well. Awesome. Um, not really Hank Aaron said, I ate a potato with breakfast, fried in bacon fat. Delicious. Was that for St. Patrick's Day today, not really Hank Aaron? Or is that just something, uh, just another bre a normal breakfast day for you? Um... Oh, and, and uh, Dr. Josh says, he did not have anyone, no leprechaun, no luck of the Irish pacing him. He was just out there by himself for that time trial today. Mm. All right. I'm going to scroll down a little bit, guys, because I'm sorry. I'm, uh, I'm a little bit behind uh, on some of these comments. Oh, Will Willing says he's outside of Amarillo, Texas, and he's on a train, and it's snowing. Does it snow there in Amarillo? I would not think a town called Amarillo would get snow, but I've never, I don't know. I can't say where um i can't say where i would know where amarillo is um let's see oh let's go to this one steve arnberg says i've never run into carbon plate is there a good starter shoe to try i would say uh oh sorry i lost my um headphones cable i could still talk but i can't hear it then um i would say a good one to start my it would be like the vaporfly four percent do they still sell that do they still make those um, that would probably be a good starter one because I just feel like it's a good like reference shoe. There are some shoes that have maybe less of a carbon feel to it. I think the Carbon X2 would fall into that category. The Rocket X also for me falls into that category. Um, the Meta Racer falls in that category, although that's a little bit of a shorter distance shoe. So those have less carbon feel to them. But I feel like in terms of like, I want to know what carbon plated shoes are about and I want one that's going to be very accessible, but also a good representation of what this is. I think the 4% is probably the best one. Oh, and uh, Josh says his PB for the, for the um, time trial is 1503. So he was close, just two seconds off. Man, it's, but either way, PB or not for today, that's speedy, crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, Shannon's here. What's going on, Shannon? Good to see you. And, uh, all right. Mm. Lots of people here. Good good to see everyone. Um, Lucas H. says, Co, will carbon-plated shoes work for heel strikers? Um, I think probably not as much. But the question is, like, are you still a heel striker when you're going fast like at your marathon pace if you're getting your carbon plated shoe for a marathon because i think you know people that are heel strikers at their easy paces might not still be heel strikers they might be more like midfoot strikers when they're going a little bit faster so i feel like if you're a midfoot striker or more then i think that's where you're going to really get the benefit of it today i was running in the adios pro and i really felt like you know, I was hitting the sweet spot of the shoe when I made a bigger effort to land right on like the balls of my feet. And I was running at threshold pace. So 
uh, faster than a marathon pace for me. And I felt like this is where this shoe is really just nice. It's giving me a lot back. It feels like uh, it's just catching my foot every time and just throwing me forward. It was really nice. Um, but at the same time, you know, the, that shoe still feels pretty comfortable, even at like kind of recovery paces. I still feel like, okay, there's, there's carbon in here, but it's not quite as enjoyable when I have to use like more of the shoe. Cause for me, the carbon is really to like do, does two things. It helps the shoe from getting too wobbly, but also when you're pressing down on it, cause you're landing on it and then it pushes you forward. So for the shoes that I like in terms of carbon plate feel like they're not really in, like intended for someone that's using like the entire shoe. So for those kinds of people, I think that if you are a heel striker, I would look at those shoes that I mentioned earlier that don't have quite as much of a carbon kind of pop to it, like the Carbon X2. That's probably the first one that I'd have you look at or the Rocket X. I feel like those might be a little bit better because they're more intended to be used with the entire foot and you're supposed to kind of roll through it a little bit more. So that's kind of what I would think about that. Uh, Teddy Man says, you do prefer the Adios Pro. Don't you think it is the big brother of the Adazero Pro? I don't, th uh, those two shoes are like not related to me at all. I think the Adazero Pro is more related to like, um, like I think that like the Adazero Pro and the Adios 5 would be like a good training companion. Like the one, the Adios Pro being the one that you train with and like, you know, you put all your, your miles in it and you're doing a lot of work. And then for race day, you want to put on a race flat then it's the Adios 5. Like, that's kind of how I see the Adazero Pro. Like, the feel, the setup of it is just feels very different to me um, than the Adios Pro. The Adios Pro, like, just, it, it doesn't feel like any other Adidas shoe that I've run in before. You know? I don't, I, I'm trying to think. I mean, like, the closest, like, maybe the SL20. You know? Like, that's probably the closest shoe to it. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, it doesn't... The, the shoes don't feel related to me. I don't know. Maybe that's that's uh, maybe that's a, a an unpopular opinion, but that's kind of my take on it. Uh, oh, Scotty B says, "Hey all, first run in the Puma Velocity feels like a Boston Nine Puma. Great in the snow and slap. Awesome, very cool, very cool. My deviates still aren't here. I thought they were supposed to be here yesterday, and then the Amazon delivery came today." I didn't see it. Well, it's not coming through Amazon, so uh, there's still a chance. Usually after live stream is like when a lot of the deliveries come. So we'll, we sometimes will go down and check in the package room. But I'm hoping to get them today. But I guess if I'm not running tomorrow, I don't, it doesn't matter to me that much. But mm, that's awesome that the velocity feels like a Boston 9. Hmm, very interesting. I don't know. Puma has all the hype right now. They've got everyone's attention. And if the shoes can can deliver, they're going to like, I mean, basically everyone else is going to be like, how did they do that? Where did they come from? You know, and they're all, everyone, it'll be like a case study if they can deliver on the shoes. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm excited. excited. Um, Andrew Tucker says, when you try on shoes, do you feel for a teeter-totter feel? Teeter-totter hurts. Ankle. I had the New Bounce Beacon say no to corruption. Um, I'm not really sure where that one's going. I'm getting a lot of spam calls today. Um, Andrew, is this a, are you a bot? Is this a Turing test? Um, 
when I have try-on shoes, do I feel for a teeter-totter feel? I do feel for it to see if it's there because it's usually something I want to report to you guys back on if there's like a rocker. Um, and, you know, for the higher stack shoes, I generally like for there to be a rocker in there. I feel like it helps the shoe from feeling clunky. Um, I don't feel that with the New Balance Beacon. I don't feel like there's a rocker in that shoe. Um, that shoe, I mean, relatively speaking, I don't think the New Balance Beacon has changed that much since version one. But lately, it, I mean, compared to the other shoes I've been running in lately, it just seems almost like a low stack height shoe to me at this point. And then the note of corruption thing, I don't know what to do with that. Um, John Ritchie says, hi, Co. Happy Patty's Day from Dublin. Good luck with the AK. Good vibes. Well, thank you so much. And that's got to be extra good luck for me then, to have that running a shamrock shuffle this week, getting good luck vibes from Dublin. Thank you. Appreciate that. I know, I know, I know it's going to be a good day. Um, all right. Jeff Elliott says, I'm trying. I have to talk to my boss and then work out my money stuff. It will hopefully happen this fall. Ooh, what is it? I, I jumped into the middle of that. I don't know what we're talking about here. Um, yeah, Kurt C said, there's no rocker in the beacon. Hmm. Uh, Monica and Hanu TV says, hi, Jay Lee. Quick question. Good to see you again, Jay. Says, How do you bring water for 13 to 15 mile runs? I just started running and do not drink any for my 14 mile run. I would say you probably want to have some water on a 14-mile run. In the wintertime, I will tell you that I don't always bring – I usually don't bring water with me. I just bring usually gels that have a little bit more liquidity to them or a little bit more volume, and that is kind of how I get around it. It's probably not a great idea, but that's how I survive. When it gets hotter, I'm definitely going to want some water with me. There, I think for that distance, um, you can probably get away on that distance depending on how hot and humid it is where you are with anywhere from like 12 to 20 ounces of water i would think um and so they make two things they call them like speed flasks or something like that it's kind of like you know if you had a water bottle on your hand and there was a strap on it and then instead of not like a, a thermos but like a cup or like a a, a sports bottle as you squeeze you know and you can drink they make those i don't like those because they're already carrying stuff in my hands so i don't want to put more stuff in my hands um but a lot of people use those and that I think for most like road, uh, half marathon and marathoners, for most of your workouts, that's going to be enough. Uh, if you need more than that, um, then I would go to a hydration pack. Either the ones with the front-loaded bottles, which are not my favorite, but a lot of people, it seems to be very popular with the running packs to have the front-loaded bottles. Usually with like the antenna that sticks straight up, or sometimes they have like the speed uh, things where you can just kind of squeeze it and drink from it there, or you have the hydration bladder in the back. What I typically use for the vast majority of my runs where I bring water, though, is a flip belt and a flip belt water bottle. That holds about 12 ounces of liquid, and that's usually about enough for me for a lot of runs. Um, Jeff Elliott says, I don't like the flip belt bottle because it doesn't collapse, so it sloshes after you start drinking it. That's true. That's true. Um, it's a hard plastic, so like it will um, splash around a little bit. It won't get you wet, but like you know, the, the liquid in there will, will splash around. For me though, um, what I, you know, I usually, when I have that, I'll usually drink it in like two or three kind of like spurts, you know? So like, um, it's full for a good period of the run and then it gets empty kind of pretty fast too. So it's just, um, yeah, it's never really bothered me a terrible amount. The part that bothers me about it though is, um, and I guess this is related to the sloshing is that the flip belt doesn't zipper shut 
right? At least the ones that I have don't. And so when that bottle is like not full and it's sloshing around, it tends to travel a little bit. And I feel like sometimes I run with it and when I go reach for it behind me, like I'm like, oh, this bottle's like sticking out halfway. It might've fallen out if I just left it, keep going. So that's like, I guess the only thing that um, you'd have to be careful for on that one. But I, I don't think, I've had some issues with it before. I can't say it's perfect, but it's smaller than a pack. It's not as heavy as wearing a pack and it usually has enough water for me. So that's kind of like, it's the best that I have so far. If the flip belt had a zipper, I don't know if that'd be better or worse though, because you know, just you know, all my all my tights have zippers, um, and like just running and unzipping is it's it's useful to have a zipper because then it's a secure pocket. But sometimes it's really hard to get to the zipper. All right, Steve says, evening, just back from a St. Patrick's 5K, ran in the RC Elite. Nice. Wanted to give a hard effort today as booked for vacation, to, or no, even better. Booked in for vaccination tomorrow. Even better than the vacation vaccination. Awesome. Really awesome. Really cool. Um, hope you had a good run. Hope the RC Elite treated you well today. And what a great way to have like a rest day. I look forward to that. In Chicago, they just announced that on March 29th, according to schedule, um, they're going to be moving to the next phase, which is 1C, I believe, which will be 16 and older if you have a health condition or any age I'm presumably 16 or older if you're within like a certain list of professions and so I don't fall under any of those categories but it means that like you know more people are getting through the line and I'll be getting closer to it being my turn so I'm I'm looking for that um all right Teddy Man says I have the 511 military vest with a camelback forget about chafing it cuts through the skin unless I wear tactical gear underneath yeah, I don't know. I, I have a 511 bag, um, but like, yeah, there's stuff I don't, I wouldn't, uh, it, I wouldn't normally think that 511 stuff would be uh, good for running. I'm not sure it's designed for that. <laughs> oh man, cutting through the skin, that does not sound great. Um... Roberto Villa says, I'm currently shopping for a vest. Many options out there, I don't know what to get. The two that I've had were, I had the, the Nathan Vapor Crar version one. I think they're on version two. That one treated me really well for a long time. Um, but like I'm in between sizes or something on it. So it works really well for me in like winter where I'm wearing like a jacket and then I put the vest on. But when I get to the summertime, I just can't cinch it down enough. And after running with it for I think two years, like I'll cinch it like as tight as it'll go and then like, you know, five minutes later, it'll be like super loose again. So like for me, that one, like I'm always fighting it. So then I switched over and I got the Camelback Zephyr. That one works really well. It seems to fit me a little bit better for summertime running. Um, the front packs, uh, I lost one of the front water bottles. So it's weird to have like one water bottle, then you're out of balance. So I've been using just the, the bladder in it, but I actually really like using the bladder on it. Um, there's a couple of features. There's nowhere to put the hose on that one. So I'm always kind of like tucking it like underneath a strap or something. But other than that, it seems to serve my purposes pretty well. I mean, yeah, I pretty much just need a place to put like a liter of water, maybe, maybe a liter. And I don't, I don't really usually need that much liquid for most of my runs. So, um, for me, like really small packs are interesting. Now there was a while, like was it last summer or the summer before that? I don't even know. Time 
time has gone through a weird time warp. But Ben Johnson on Instagram was testing a whole bunch of different packs that I think were more suited for marathoners, road marathoners especially, because a lot of road marathons have rules against having full-on packs on, but you can have waist belts. And so he was testing a bunch of them that had like uh, most of like the kind of fanny packs that they make for running. They fit well and they hold like a little bit of water, like 20 ounces, 15 ounces, 16 ounces of water. But he was testing out a whole bunch of different packs that would hold like, you know, up to a quart. And I was like, that's a good amount. Because I don't think that I'd really ever need more than a quart of water at a time or a liquid at a time. Plus it had room for gels and a phone and stuff. So I was like, oh, if that works for him. You know, I, 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 I never ended up buying any of the ones that he was testing out. But there are ones that are like that. And this summer, I think I'll probably look at a couple of different waste packs just because I feel like for me, I mean, maybe if we go back to Iowa and we are kind of hoping we can do that, um, unless I'm running in a bunch of the dirt roads and some of the trails back there, I don't think I'll really need a, a full-on pack. So a waste pack might be more like kind of my speed. So I'll be trying some more of that stuff. All right, Oren says, Happy St. Patrick's Day from Ireland. It's a national holiday today there. Awesome. Super cool. Um you know, every this time of year, you always kind of see like the YouTube videos, like the differences between St. Patrick's Day and Ireland and the United States. And um, it always, always kind of makes me feel like, do, do you guys really celebrate it over there? Is it a national holiday? I, I couldn't tell. Um, I, I'm still not, not really sure. I'd like to go experience it over there. Um, that would be a lot of fun. Do you guys have like five St. Patrick's Day 5Ks like we do here? Do you guys call them Shamrock Shuffles? Or is that like, would that be like unseemly to do over there? I don't know. Hmm. Uh, Dr. Josh says, I Spider-Man the gels into my arm sleeves and I start with a bottle. Oh, interesting. Dr. Josh, you don't get to do, um, you don't get, you don't get like the uh, elite bottle tables when you're, when you're running? Or are you talking about like short, shorter races? I would, I would, I would have anticipated that. I thought you get, you would be in like the, you know, submit your tub of eight bottles like the night before no uh, uh all right but that's interesting so you spider-man the gels into the arm sleeves yeah i mean my favorite running shorts and tights generally don't have enough storage for me to run a marathon anymore but i also think that like that's changed really fast in terms of how people run marathons now like um I was just looking at the uh, Jack Daniels running formula book and he was looking at half, I was looking at the half marathon plans and he's talking about it. And he's like, you know, if you're a healthy runner in good fitness, if you just eat a lot the night before, you should have enough uh, nutrition in your system that you shouldn't need to worry about anything except maybe drinking a little bit of water during your race. Now this book's, I mean, I know this book is in a third or maybe in a fourth edition at this point. I think is Molly Huddle on the cover now? Someone else is on the cover. Um, but like, uh, I mean, that's a very different like approach. Whereas now it's like before, I mean, the elites, I think always had like the eight water bottles that they could have. Maybe not always, but it seems to be pretty normal standard for them. But now I feel like it's more normal for like regular people to also like roll up with like four or five gels in their pocket as they're running. Like it just me, like I think about that when we start the race at like a marathon. I'm like, there's just we're like collectively 
in like a race of like 20,000 people, you're asking of so much of so little fabric. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel about it. Uh, all right. Oh, Brendan Cam is here. What's going on, Brendan? Good to see you. Um, yeah, Aaron Davis says, I struggled with picking the right shorts for the woodlands. Care about five gels and like half tights with a tiny pocket on the back, but I needed to wear extra shorts over them. Yeah, I mean, Ben Johnson, uh, I keep I keep mentioning him, but he, he is probably my favorite Instagram follow. Um, he sewed elastic, kind of like what um, Jake Riley did to his, uh, I think he had Nike shorts on. Um, and he like sewed elastic into the waistband so that way he could like, um, carry more gels and that's what Ben Johnson did to make rows for six Martin gels and he alternated like calf and, and not calf uh, which I thought was like and he put it into his uh, like tracksmith half tights and those have one pocket in the back right um, so that's tough right but like the main reason why my favorite half tights are still the Roadrunner Sports I forget what they're called I think they're called like the Challenger half tight or something like that those are my favorite because they have a side, a pocket on each side that's deep. And I can put in three on one side and two in the other and even a phone, you know what I mean? So I could get a bunch of gels on each side. Uh, but it just, it, it just seems like a lot. So every time I think about that, I'm like, there's no way I'm doing this right. This isn't right. This can't be right. But then I'm like, I don't know. It seems like that might be right. I don't know. I'm, so I go back and forth on it. it. just seems wrong. But I'm like... If the pockets were bigger, I would have no doubt. But it's just like all the pockets are small. So, I don't know. <laughs> Jason Dahl says, Hey, everyone. I'm super late today. My boss ignored my standing 3 p.m. blocked calendar time slot for the live stream. <laughs> uh, Josh says, Why wear a pouch? Then you can stuff the gels like the hamster. <laughs> oh. Uh, Kurt says, I don't take much. For a half, it's anything. If it, it if it's anything, it's one gel maybe in the middle. For a marathon, it's probably three to four gels. That, that's it. If it's one with fam there, I rubber band to a bottle. Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah, I bring two for a half marathon. Uh, I usually take one at one mile five and another mile ten. But, um, yeah, for a marathon, I'm usually bringing like four to five, thinking I'm only going to need four. I always end up using five. So like, I don't, I don't know. I'm like, it's been creeping up. And I'm like, at what point am I just overdoing this? I don't know. Um, there's another one up here that I want to get to. Uh, Oren says, in Ireland, we don't go crazy with the celebrations and no 5Ks that I know of. There's usually a big parade in Dublin, second biggest in New York, but everyone gets a day off work in school. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know you guys got a day off work in school. I, I didn't know that. Hmm. Mm, Sean Marshall says, boy, am I liking these Kinvars. Are you running on the Kinvar, you're running on the Kinvar 12, Sean? That's what I'm assuming. Nice. Um... Yeah, I, I want I, I really want to pick a pair up. Um, I'm kind of hoping that someone will send them to me. I mean, I want to get them, but I'm at a super rush. But I definitely want to get to them this summer. But I'm hoping that, like, in kind of like the normal course of the people that I normally interact with, maybe they'll send me one. That's what I'm hoping for. 
Um, Brendan says, I, for some reason, have a crazy fixation on thinking I need to eat while running or I'll pass out. I need to figure a way to get over that. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't feel like I'm going to pass out, but I'm petrified during a race. I don't usually, I'm not as worried about it for a half marathon, but for the full marathon, I'm always like kind of very concerned that like, if I don't eat these gels early, I'm going to be walking at like mile 22. I'm just going to hit a wall and I'm going to, um, I'm just going to be struggling. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, now I've had races where I have fueled properly and still have had just terrible finishes. (laughs) So it doesn't guarantee it, but I always just feel it's like it's like almost a superstition at this point. But then I, you know, you read about other people that are running about like times that are similar. I read about people that are running times similar to mine, and they're talking about, you know, taking at least five gels with them, sometimes six. And so I'm like, that's how they're doing it. So I, I don't know. I don't know. That's like it's just uh, it's kind of like um, everyone's going to be different in terms of how quickly they burn through their sugars, but you know. Um, at a certain point, we're not all that different. So that's kind of where I'm like, if everyone's doing that, I, maybe I need to do it. But then, 20 years ago, no one was doing it. So, and, you know, people, I mean, maybe more people could have ran faster times, but people were able to run fast times, even without any gels. So I don't know. Timothy Betza, speaking of St. Patrick's, did anyone see the Shamrock Saucony Kimbark Toss? I didn't see those. I know they usually make one, but uh, I didn't see it. Interesting. Hmm. Oh, here's one question from Scott. Which noon do you like and for what purpose? Um, I like the, there's a noon with caffeine. It's like a tropical flavor. That's my favorite. Uh, I like it because it's it's only got like 25 milligrams of caffeine, just so it's a little bit, just a little something in there. I like that one. It's low sugar, but has lots of other minerals, basically electrolytes in it. So I like to drink it throughout the day as a way of making sure I'm staying topped up on electrolytes. Um, and it also kind of encourages me to drink more water, more fluid, because it's tasty. The other one that I'll drink is like there's an immunity one, which doesn't have caffeine. Um but has like uh, like echinacea, is that what it has in it? I'm not sure even what's in it, but a couple of other things that, you know, some people think might help your immune system. But I like that one as well because it still has electrolytes in it and it's low sugar, so I feel like it's a way to encourage myself to stay hydrated. And then um, those are the only two like tablets that I like. The other noon that I really like though, I've been loving the noon recover. It's got uh, the branch chain amino acids in it. Uh, so they say like it's only like it's like five grams or three grams of branch chain amino acids, but they say it's like the nutritional equivalent to like 30 grams of protein because it's all broken down already for you. Um, but that I've been taking uh, one kind of you put a scoop of powder into like a cup, uh, your water bottle. That I've been loving. It's been great. I've been taking it throughout like this entire Shamrock Shuffle training block. And normally when I take a lot of drinks, I'm like, eh, I think I like this. My body seems to want it when I'm tired, so I must be enjoying it. But I don't know. I feel like that Noon Recover is great. I've, I've, I've been like, not only, I mean, the flavor, the black raspberry, whatever, it's disgusting. <laughs> but still, my body's like, I want that. And I just feel like my body's respo- been responding well to the workouts, and I think that's a part of it. It's just 
making sure that my body has all the the kind of like raw materials it needs to build the strength that I've been putting into it with the workout. So those are the kind of the three ways that I like noon. Now they make a um, endur- like a during, so they have a, a recover, and they have a during. I don't know, do they have a before? I don't know if they have a before. But they have a during, which is just like a sports drink, so like electrolytes and carbs. I don't think I've ever tried that. I'm not that interested in it. Um, I mean, I'm not not interested in it, but like, you know, those are the ones that uh, were interesting to me from noon, uh, the ones that I like. So, uh, yeah. Andrew Boothman says, greetings from Belfast. Welcome, Andrew. Thanks. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Um, all right. Timothy Betts says, I use the noon prime pre-sweat one. Always use beforehand workouts and races. Oh, okay. I might have to try that. I'm not too big on like the before drinks, but um, I have been using more of the Unived and there's like an endurance formula. I don't know if that's out of their testing yet. They sent it to me early. Um, but I've been taking that. It's basically beta alanine, red spinach extract, and uh, ashwagandha. Man, all the spam calls. Um, and ashwagandha. But that I've been taking before um, my runs. And I don't, I don't know if it really helps or not, but um, I seem to like it. My body seems to like it. Uh, and I've been doing that kind of almost every day before every single run. So I've been gotten into a habit of it. Um, I don't know if it's just that like I'm getting that much extra liquid in my system before I head out. So I'm like topping up on liquid if that's what all it is. But it seems to be going down really well. So I like that. Um, but other than that, I've never really tried many pre-mixes anymore. But maybe I'll try that noon prime pre-sweat. Interesting. Um, oh, and the Timothy Bet says the it, the pre-workout also has the, the BCAAs. Do we need to have that? Is that something that's important to preload on protein before a workout? I never really thought about that. MC1796 says, anyone ever use Scratch Lab hyperhydration mix? I don't know if I've used the hyperhydration mix. I've used Scratch Labs, the, the drink mix. Like the little tubes of powder, you open it up and then pour it in. I've had that. Those are good. Those are just like drinking juice to me. They don't feel like sports drinks to me when I drink the Scratch Labs. The packaging makes it look very like sciency, but um the drink itself just makes me feel like I'm drinking juice. It makes me feel like I'm having like um, something that I would have at a picnic. I don't know. I don't know what that means. Like I don't know what feels like a sports drink, but it doesn't feel like a sports drink. Mm. <laughs> Jeff Ellie says, I'm trying to see the increase in spam calls as a positive sign of economic recovery. <laughs> That's one way to look at it. That's one way to look at it. I do remember when, um, when like many countries were going under lockdown that like, I was like, oh, my phone is so quiet. It's nice. Well, and the other thing was like, no one was working or no one that, you know, none of my clients were working. So I was getting no work calls either. So like my phone went dead for a long time. Um, and I was like, this is so nice. So little stress. So, uh, but yeah, but maybe, yeah, maybe it is a sign of healing. 
Cody Davis says, as far as like drinking before or after a workout, I always thought it was carbs before a workout and protein afterwards. Yeah, I mean, I've never really even thought about too much for beforehand. Um, sometimes on a long run, if I know I'm not going to be bringing a lot of water or gels with me, I might slam like a um, a sport drink or maybe some like Gatorade or something like that just to get some sugar in the system uh, to kind of like preload it, to have it in there as if I were taking it, you know, at mile three or four or something like that. Um, but yeah, normally I don't worry about too much before, but I do like, you know, I'm not as meticulous as some people about making sure I get something in the system 30 minutes after the workout, but I usually try to make sure I do something if I can. And Josh says, uh, BCAA increased the motor pathway, which is uh, where they get the same benefit from 30 grams of protein from. Oh, not motor. M-T-O-R, or equals muscle growth. Okay. All right. I'll have to look at that a little bit more so I can understand that better. Mm. Stevie 76 says, maybe I'm in the wrong sport as a struggling runner. Maybe my calling is speedwalking. I could be the kabuzi of speedwalking. Um, yeah, speedwalking is an interesting sport. Um, one of the coaches over at the Edge Athlete Lounge is a an Olympic speedwalker. And uh, he says it's harder. It was harder on his body than running was because the motion is very, like, unnatural. Um, and he said, it, like, it, it jacked up his hip pretty bad when he first started doing it. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's an easy sport. I really don't think. I think it's a lot harder. I, th I think it's harder than it looks for sure. Well, I know that's got to be harder than it looks. But, yeah, I think it's a tough sport. I don't know. But I think you should go for it. I feel like if you're, you know, like, Kind of like I'm thinking, like, Master Steeple, I think, is in my future. Hopefully he's in my future. You know, I think, Stevie, you can go for speed walking. I, I encourage you. Uh, Keishan Silas says, you should do a review of the Ultra 4D Kofuzi. Uh, is that like the is like the um, Adidas, like the, the 3D printed shoe? I did the Alpha Edge. What was it called? Was it called Alpha Edge? Something like that. The 4D shoe. Um, I did one. Uh, the Star Wars collab one, it's not a great running shoe. It's super heavy. It's not very cushioned. Um, it's pretty good for walking around in. It's actually really nice if you're going to be on your feet a lot. It's a good travel shoe. Although it's a little bit tight in the toe box to be a good travel shoe. Um, my feet tend to expand a lot when I'm on an airplane. So, like, I really need a shoe with a big toe box when I'm on an airplane. I think I get dehydrated. I don't know if it's the pressure or the dry air or what, but um, yeah. Otherwise, you know, that shoe's really comfortable for being in, but like running, I didn't think it was all that great. Mm. My cow says on the science and sport berry electrolyte tablet that I had just had for the first time. It's pretty good. Not quite as good as noon. Tastes a little bit more artificial. I purchased it with his own money. All right. Nice to hear that. Um, you know, the science in sport, I, I think, you know, I was looking at it last night. I'm probably going to try out one of their, like, tubs of the powder. The I really like the tablet form factor that noon made. Mainly because it was a nice way of ensuring that, like, I was run commuting at the time or, like, 
you know, like if I, if it's a long day at work, you know, and I'm forgetting to stay hydrated, you know, I can drop one into like a water bottle or a flask, you know, not, a, not like a drinking flask, but like something like, like this and stay hydrated through the day. And I wasn't dealing with like powder and like just trying to like scoop stuff into other stuff but i'm not going anywhere right now so i'm like oh, i'm going to try some of this other th powders and things like that because now i don't really care about scooping having to scoop stuff the science and sport and here's where it comes around to that it, they make the tablets there's something wrong with their tablets that i think that they just don't dissolve completely i don't i don't know if like noon just figured the formula out right like out correctly Maybe there's more bicarb in it to make it um, fizzy, and the fizziness is what makes it dissolve well. And like Science and Sport isn't putting that in there because maybe it's affecting the pH too much. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but like the Science and Sport does not dissolve correctly in the tablets, in my experience. But I was looking. Well, maybe they don't have that problem with the powder. And I was looking at. I don't. I definitely wasn't looking at a berry flavor because I don't like berry, berry flavored anything usually. But I, I'm definitely curious about more of the science and sports stuff. Because I'm looking for more, like, maybe not, yeah, I'm basically looking for more noon alternatives. Stuff that I can drink throughout the day that doesn't have sugar in it. I know some of, I know the science and sports stuff does have sugar in it, though. So that's not exactly what I was looking for. But, um, but I was looking at their website just last night for it. And he says it is a lot cheaper, though. It's cheaper than noon? That's a surprise. Interesting. Ben Y says, I keep forgetting the time change. Curse you, daylight saving time. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, I don't, I don't know why it's, you know, it's, it still is a surprise to me that like, of all like the time change thing, it's not global. Like we haven't figured out a way to do that all the same day. It's only like some different days. Um, let's see. Oren says, Kofuzi, what would you bring for a 90-minute 18k around 50 degrees Fahrenheit? Uh, for 90 minutes, I'd probably bring. I mean, an 18. I'm trying to do the math on that. And how fast is that? An hour and a half for 18k. So it's a little bit more than 10 miles. Uh, what's that like? 11 miles in 90 minutes. So. Or for you, is that that's a long run? That's kind of like pretty pretty easy, right? Isn't it? I'm trying to think, because if it were, I mean, if it's if it's an all out 90 minute, you know, not all out, but all as all out as you could be for 90 minutes, that's about a half marathon for me. So then I'd bring uh, probably you know about 12 ounces of liquid and two gels. Um, but if it's an easy run. I would probably bring uh, at 50 degrees, probably just a gel. Eat it somewhere between 45 minutes and an hour in. That'll probably be enough um, for me. If I if I'm doing the math on that timing right, so that's kind of where I am on that. Let me know if I've got that wrong, anybody, uh, in terms of how what that pace is going to be. And uh, Orin also wants to know what's the opinion on barefoot and minimalistic running footwear. Uh, I mean, I think it's an interesting idea. I know a lot of people like to run on grass or like in the, like in the infield of a track, uh, as part of a cool down or maybe as part of a warm up. I don't really do that. Um, 
I, I definitely understand the benefit of it. When I was a younger runner, like in uh, when I lived in New Jersey, uh, earlier in high school, we lived down by the Jersey Shore. And our cross-country team would, on the weekends, go run, just run in the sand a lot, barefoot. So we did a lot, we did a lot of that. Um, that was always nice because the coach always bought bagels. Uh, and we'd eat bagels on the way back. But, um, but that's, always, that's been nice. But I don't really do any of that now. And, and like barefoot running to me it doesn't really appeal to me too much. Um, I'm open to the idea of, you know, trying to incorporate something like that, something like, uh, like a, the zero, like, what is it? Like X E R O like zero shoes or something like that. The ones that are basically just like a rubber outsole and like, uh, almost look, looks like an aqua sock kind of upper to it. I'm open to the idea of maybe incorporating something like that on like an easy day. Or maybe if I'm, I'm like, if I were doubling, maybe doing like a hard workout in the morning and then running barefoot, you know, for like, 20 30 minutes in the afternoon um i'm not doubling right now and i don't see myself doubling anytime soon but i could see something like that to incorporate just every once in a while but i don't i don't like the idea of doing it all the time um unless i had only like all grass available to me i don't i don't think that i'd want to do that uh number one i'm in the city and there's lots of gross stuff that you might end up stepping in so that's like the biggest concern uh, or sharp stuff, you know, like a glass shard or a rock or something like that. Um, which if you're really going barefoot or like those, like, like those Jesus sandals, you know, they have those that you can run in. Like, I don't, I, I don't want to do that. Um, but the other thing is, I just think that like, uh, I think it, it would take a long time for my feet to get adjusted to it, but I don't know that I would ever really get adjusted to it. I don't, I don't have believe, I don't have faith in that for myself. I think for other people, they may have tougher feet. Maybe they could do it, but not not for me. Um, all right. Let's see, Jason Dahl says about the noon tablets. The only issue he has with them is they seem to pressurize the water bottle, which has caused it to spray out if I open up to reason. Yeah, I think that's part of like the the dissolving process. That's what makes it a little bit carbon. Car it's like a little bit carbonated. It feels like. I think that um, I think it's sodium bicarbonate's doing that. Am I wrong on that? I think I think that's what it is, and that's why it gets fizzy, um, and that's why like you have to like when I do it, I put the tablet in there, I give it a gentle shake, unscrew it a little bit, then screw it back, and then I might shake it a little bit more, unscrew it, and screw it back, and then it'll kind of be fine. So that's definitely something you have to watch out for with the with the noon tablets. I've definitely had it like when you open it up and it goes and just kind of like does like a very fine mist everywhere, and it's super annoying. I know the feeling. New Betra says, there's a woman that got QOMs barefoot at the local paved bike path, which blows his mind. That lady's tough. Yeah. Um, Jody says, Kofuzi, did you see the SJD live stream with Killian? Does it make you want to try the new shoes from Solomon Road Shoes? I didn't, I missed the live stream. Well, I mean, I know it's uh, available up uh, to watch. Uh, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. But um, I'm I'm not terribly interested in Solomon Ro Road shoes. I've tried a couple of Solomon shoes now. Um, and the uppers never agree with me. And um, I don't think the trails that I run on are trail enough for me to really need a Solomon shoe. So, like, I just... 
it's not a good they're never a good fit figuratively or sometimes literally for me so i'm just not that excited about it um but maybe i'll maybe i'll have to watch that one a little bit closer and see if there's some language in there that kind of like hints whether or not some of the issues that i've had with solomon shoes are changed the toe box is always very boxy and very rigid and it just gets very uncomfortable and then I don't, yeah there's just something about it that seems a little bit clunky to me all the time so maybe, maybe i'll listen to it i'll listen to it um and andre youtube says will your next marathon training plan be based on jack daniels that i don't know um because like the there's it's very specific the way jack daniels writes his like 5k 10k training plan um because i think that's like i i, I suspect it could be one of two reasons why that is. I don't know Jack Daniels' like history or like what his like coaching pedigree was, but I suspect he probably trained more people at, that were excellent at that level um, than he did for like half marathon and marathon. Like, there's not as much detail in the sections of the book that talk about half marathon and marathon. Or it could just be like you know, if you read the first part about 5Ks and 10Ks, you kind of know how to structure the workouts for half marathon and marathon. So it could be that. Um, I don't know. I'm going to be doing a little bit of shopping around for the next marathon in terms of what I want to do. There's a lot of things that I liked about this plan that were new to me that I do want to carry forward. The frequent incorporation of strides I think is really nice. I thought it would be way too much um, on the body, but it ended up being real nice and my body seems to be responding to it. So that I'll probably incorporate to have like two of the easy day runs have some strides in them um other than that i'm not i'm not sure i'm not sure um i tend to like a bigger focus on longer threshold sessions for marathon training which it doesn't seem like jack daniels does that i'll have to look a little bit more closely but i recently looked at like the half marathon chapter again i think last night or two nights ago and it was like, hmm, there's a lot that he's leaving up to me to figure out. There's not like a very like well-written-out, like structured plan for me to look at. So like, ah, he's really making me have to think about it. So I have to think about it a little bit more. But um, yeah, there's a lot that I like. But um, I think it's great for 5K, 10K. But the rest of the, I'm not sure. Um, Keyshawn Silas says, we try, would you try G Fuel? Is that the Gatorade Fuel? Um I've tried Gatorade Endurance, and I've tried a couple of the Gatorade gels before. They're very sweet, and they're very, like, not, they're not very viscous. It's very thin, um, watery. Um, sometimes that's good. In the wintertime, I usually find that to be pretty good. But, um, yeah, I don't love their gels. But I do like the Gatorade Endurance formula. It's like regular Gatorade, a little bit more sugar and a lot more salt. So I like that. All right, let's do one more, and then I go on for today. Um, Lucifer Sarah says, Jack Daniels? Not that Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels, the running coach, <laughs> not the distiller. Um, all right, there's my mouse. Sometimes the mouse freezes. It's super annoying. Um... Mm, Jeff Elliott says, I got a tub of Gatorade Endurance and I like it. Yeah, I just finished my tub of Gatorade Endurance maybe like a month ago. And I was like, oh, I'm finally almost done with it. And now that it's gone, I'm like, oh, I wish I kind of had some. 
So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I will buy another one. Um, it's not the fanciest drink, but the cost per serving is really good. It's super cheap. So that, that part about it I do really enjoy. Oh, Jody says G Fuel is another brand of energy powder, not Gatorade. All right. Well, I'll have to look into that because I'm not familiar with G Fuel. So I will have to do some more research. All right. I think that's a good place to leave it for today, guys. Um, I'm going to get going. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your St. Patrick's Day. Uh, tomorrow's video, I'm going to be talking about... I, know what I'm, I don't know what I'm going to be talking about tomorrow. Oh, I'm going to be talking about how I've been setting up all my workouts on my um, Polar Watch because there's been some updates. So it's going to be pretty specific for Polar users, but um, just thought I'd go over that for tomorrow's video. And then in the afternoon, we'll do another live stream. Tomorrow's going to be Thursday, right? Thursday. So happy hour. Bring your recovery beverage of choice. And I'll see you then. In the meantime, be safe out there, everybody. Thanks.